And ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode. This is the Sports Cave. It's your co-host Robbie along with my co-host Zach Roden here. And folks, we know what today is. And unfortunately, Zachary, due to this no stream yard thing, I can't load in our NFL music. Reporting live here from Mississauga, Ontario, in Canada, Zach Roden of the Sports Cave. Mr. Robert, how are we doing today? Um, that is okay. We don't need any football music to start us off today because we were going to be saving our football talk for the end. That's right, folks. You're going to have to wait and listen to us talk. If you want to hear a breakdown of this big, sexy Super Bowl, Steve, I like how you like I said Big Zach. That's going to be my new name we're going by around here. Big Zach. That's me. Blue sweater. Big everywhere but the cock. You know what? I was gonna I was gonna make a joke, but we agree we don't do those types of jokes on the show. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Huh? I was gonna say, ask your mother. <gasps> Anyways, I'm having an espresso shot, folks. What are you fucking? How can you fucking do without it? You know what I mean? That was one of the worst Italian accents and things I think I've heard in a very very long time. Well, Zachary, obviously the main focus of the show is our Super Bowl picks this Sunday, the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. But like Zachary said, folks, you got to stick around for this whole motherfucker. You thought we were just going to get right to a Super Bowl picks so and then all you fuckers could leave? Mm. Nah. You got to stick around for a little bit. And we hope you enjoy the topic of conversation. We're going to tease you a little bit. We're going to tickle um, the balls a bit. You know what I mean? Also, Zach, last Thursday episode of the year until the football season begins once again. Yeah, we will be retiring to the Monday episodes just only after this one. Uh, it's been a ride the Thursdays, you know. Obviously, it's pretty sad to hear football season coming to an end. Uh, but, Robbie, with the sadness comes excitement. Because, yes, it is the last game, but it's also the best game. The Super Bowl. But as we said, we will get into that later. Because, folks, I think, and Robbie also thinks, there's really no other way to start this episode off than with a little bit of basketball talk. Because unless you've been living under a rock, it was NBA trade deadline day today. And surprisingly enough, we have a poop ton of trades. Look at this, Robbie. Look at this. Look at this technology we're dealing with now, folks. Yeah. Robbie's got all of the trade updates here. So, Robbie, I guess we'll just start it up from the top here. We'll go through them all, and then we'll, uh, we'll stop and discuss the <laughs> ones that we think are worth discussing. I got a fucking go all the way to the bottom here because you know what zach there were a lot of trades however yeah. this year's trade deadline was definitely one of the worst trade deadlines in recent memory i really disagree with you to be honest with you i i thought i thought it was a pretty exciting trade deadline i thought there was a decent amount of big names that got moved maybe not big names per se but good uh good role guys anyways well I, uh, I thought it was kind of exciting this was one of the first trades that happened today zachary let's go over this one huh yeah yeah, 76ers making a splash, uh, acquiring Buddy Heald from the Indiana Pacers in return for Marcus Morris, Furkan Korkmaz, and three second-round picks here, Robbie. Now, Buddy Heald, obviously a great player. It, what, do you, what do you think about the price tag it was for him today, Robbie? What do you think about this price tag? Well, looking at this price tag here, like you said, three second-rounders, Marcus Morris and Korkmaz. Um, the Pacers ended up trading Marcus Morris to the Spurs in order to get Doug McDermott, um, a couple second round picks for the Pacers. And uh, so essentially they got Corkamonks and the second round pick. So if you ask me what the 76ers did here, uh, I think it's a win. So the Sixers right now are in desperation mode with 
Uh, Joel Embiid being out, we don't know how long it could be. So at this point, you got to find the better assets. Not only because Embiid could work with anybody. I think we've seen it. The reason why this yeah, is they yeah. are is because of Joel Embiid. As much as he pisses us off and he acts like a little pussy flopping around, which is why he probably got into the predic- predicament he got into. You know, you had to find some assets to help Tyrese Maxey. So when you get Batum back, you're going to have Maxey, Heald, Batum, um, Tobias Harris, Paul Reed, Mo Bamba, and we'll get to another trade later. But what do they do by bringing Buddy Heald here? They bring in essentially the J.J. Redick of the team, the be- one of the best three-point shooters in the league. They need some desperate shooting in case uh, they got to drive to lane. There's someone to kick out to. Buddy Heald is guaranteed money. I believe he won a three-point competition last year, two years ago. If not, he's been in the competition multiple times because of his ability to shoot the three ball. Highly yeah, regarded Oklahoma. And unfortunately, now I hate Buddy Heald because I am a Nets fan. I hate the Sixers. Sorry, yeah, buddy. Fuck the Sixers. Um, fuck you, buddy. Oh, look at that big slug there for Mr. Roberto. Oh, yeah. Wow. So, Zachary, what are your thoughts on this trade? Do you have anything here? Uh, you know what? You kind of nailed it, I'd say, a little bit. Um, he's not that really much given up. I mean, second-round picks, in my opinion, in the NBA are really who gives a fuck, even really later first-round picks. I'm going to disagree with that because arguably the best player in the NBA is a second-round pick. Who, Jokic? Yep. Okay, well, that's the dime a dozen. Like an There's absolute, a, a all-star that was a second-round pick. Who's that? Oh. Jalen Brunson. Well, Jalen Brunson's really come into his own here, okay? But like I said, that's a Draymond rarity. Green. Huh? Draymond Green, another good oh, player. God. Get that fucking queer out of here. What, Zach? Oh, no. You can't call people queer, Zachary. What are you doing? I just did. Oh, I just did. Fucking Christ. Yeah, we might not be able to get a chance to make our picks. Um, Please don't report us. I, Robbie Clark, had nothing to do with uh, Zachary's opinion of Joel Embiid being... Steven, how dare you, Steve? How dare you? No, Steve. No. Steve, it's because I'm a real motherfucker. All right? Robbie's over here hiding in his shell and also in the closet. But that's okay, nonetheless. Now, Zachary, in case you didn't notice by the uh, little bit of clothing I have on right now, Jesus Christ. Not only is it trade deadline day, we'll get into the trades, obviously. <clears throat> then the, the Los Angeles Lakers will be wearing these type of uniforms tonight, the mama jerseys, in honor of Kobe Bryant as they unveil his well-deserved statue across the crypto arena. Uh, Zachary, go. your thoughts on 2-8. 24. Number two for Gigi, eight and 24, as Isaiah would say, for Kobe. I mean, obviously, it's something that had to be done. I mean, the guys that changed the name of basketball was a Laker legend. Uh, just a, not even just a Laker legend, just a legend in his own. Mm-hmm. So, if we're going to be real, I'm kind of surprised it took them this fucking long. Really? Yeah. Well, I just think that this date correlates really well with what they were trying to do. You know what I mean? Well, I guess that makes sense. I guess that makes sense. So, um, and Bob yeah. over here, and that's how you get a show canceled. Bob, half the stuff you say in the comments is going to get us canceled for fucking crying out loud. That is true. You do be saying some reckless shit, my father. Um. All right, let's go back into the the yeah. trades here, Zachary. As we look at the next one here, which is boom. 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. If featuring my oh, Toronto Raptors. That's the Patriots. Legion Hoops is providing us with the answers today, folks. As you can see, Toronto Raptors making a splash. Masai Ujiri can never go a trade deadline without making a trade. But honestly, Robbie, this one I do not mind. Toronto Raptors receiving Kelly Olinick and Oche Agbaji. Ochai Agbaji. That's a tough one there. From the Utah Jazz. And in return, sending out a guard I've never heard of in my entire life, Kyra Lewis. Otto Porter Jr. and a 2024 first-round pick. Honestly, Robbie, I actually really like this trade. Uh, the Raptors, if, if one thing that... Um, that we really desperately needed, uh, I mean, before we made another move in this trade deadline, because we'll get into that after. But uh, the center depth has always been a bit of a problem for the Raptors. I mean, Jakob Pertl's been okay, but really besides him, we, we just traded away Precious Achua. That was one of our backups here. So I, there's really not too... The, the, the depthness in the center division or department, I should say, geez, I'm fumbling today, for the Raptors has been very weak. So honestly, I'm uh, I'm not too mad about this trade. I, I like Kelly Olynyk. He's I mean he's not a fucking star or any means by that, but he's a good Canadian boy. Uh, I think he'll fit in well with the Raptors. And honestly, the expectations this year for the Raptors, Robbie, are extremely low. I have really not. I have no knowledge on this uh, Agbaji fella. I don't know if you wanted right. to. Uh, I don't need some either. knowledge on him. Yeah, okay, we're both clueless on him. But uh, I guess while I'm speaking about this, they also made the trade for. I Whoa, 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 whoa! Because well, I want, I want to say, I don't even know who our guard's going to be now. Whoa, well, let me, let me just load it up here really quick. Second. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Wait, I get jump. excited. I get excited, man. Gun. I could tell you, cuck. Hard right. as a fucking rock right now. Here we go. Go ahead, announce it. I will hit the button. And the Raptors also making a surprising move by sending Dennis Schroeder, 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 to the Brooklyn Nets. Robbie's Brooklyn Nets. For Robbie's fan favorite, one of his faves, Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, also going to Brooklyn in the deal is Thad Young. Uh, and then the Raptors right away in classic Toronto fashion just wave Spencer Dinwiddie. So the guard position for the Raptors right now, I don't really know what to expect. Uh, I guess I would have to assume, be without trading Bruce Brown, he might have to slot in there as a point guard. I know he's had some sort of experience doing that, but... It's, to me, Robbie, I, I really do not know who the fuck the starting point guard for the Raptors are going to be now. Well, Zachary, nope. if I had to take a guess here, I'm going to guess that your starting point guard is going to be Emmanuel quickly. Um, I, I have a feeling you're, let's see, quickly, maybe Bruce Brown, R.J. Barrett, Scotty Barnes, and Jakob Pardo. Either him or Kelly Olenek, depending on how they want to go about it. I think they're going to go with Pardo over Olenek. Um, let me say this. Um Spencer Dinwiddie got the bad end of the bargain here. I I feel sincerely bad for Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, ever since this whole let's sit, uh, let's sit everybody essentially against the Bucks. Since then, Zach, this team hasn't been the same. This team was decent. They weren't anything spectacular, but I thought they were surprisingly good enough for a five seed. And we saw it for the first twenty three games. They looked pretty good. And then up to that point, it all went to hell. Um, and you could see Spencer Dinwiddie didn't buy in anymore, and I don't blame him. Jock Vaughn's a fucking excuse of a coach. Um, yeah. I think Spencer Dinwiddie's best game, when he, I think his best game comes out when he's the sixth man off the bench. Ball's in his hands. He creates for himself and then others. 
And while he was with the Nets, it went in order of Bridges, Cam Thomas, Cam Johnson, then Dinwiddie. And as a fourth option, that's not that's not something easy. So if he was to stay at the Raptors, it'd essentially be the same thing. It'd be Scotty Barnes, RJ Barrett, probably quickly, and then him. So wherever he goes now, since he got waived by the Raptors, he'll get a fresh start. I mean, there are very teams that are very interested in the first one that pops out right away is the Los Angeles Lakers. He'd be coming off the bench and the Lakers could use somebody like Spencer Dinwiddie for when LeBron and Russell and Anthony Davis needs those rest minutes. He can come in and fill in that void. Amen to that, sister. Amen to that. On a scale of one to ten, how aggravated are you when they uh when they traded Spencer or waived Spencer Dinwiddie immediately? Honestly, I, I really I, I was I was wasn't really even aggravated. I was just kind of more like, well, what was the point of trading away one of our only point guards to get this guy to just go, hey? Yeah. But then I started, uh, well, I, I, I was listening to a few buddies that uh, are big basketball friends down here, or fans down here, and apparently they were saying that it's been like a known fact that there's been some turmoil in the Raptors' room, and a lot of it has been surrounding Dennis Schrouder. Apparently, I guess he just didn't really get along with the team, get along with the with the management, the coach, so oh, yeah, that's the reason. Well, just a, right in Brooklyn with our joke of a fucking head coach. Great. Yeah, yeah. So uh, good luck, Robbie. Good luck. Um, and I hope he does shit for you. You're a piece of shit scumbag. Uh, Dennis Schroeder. I don't know what, I don't know what they're going to go, uh, where they're going to go from here. The Nets as their new starting point guard, because Ben Simmons will play two games, get hurt, sit out for 15, <laughs> play a game, get hurt, sit out for the rest. Oh, of the game. Uh, yeah. Um, like I said it before, I'll say it again. The Nets and I are losers. We both have something in common. I'm a loser for room for them. And they're a loser for being a part of my life. Yep. That is something you guys both have in common. You guys are both a couple of losers, but that's what okay, Robbie. I'm right there with you. Anthony, you could have just like really, you know, stepped in there and be like, "No, Robbie, you're not a loser. You're fucking. Oh, you've, you know you've what? You know what? Green, I'm thinking about you. You're a queer bitch. Okay, let's go to the next trade. Let's All go right. to the next trade. I got you with the next trade, and it's right here, and it's a two-parter essentially. You so with our next slut. trade here, folks, it was a. I don't know why, Mister Legion. Who? You know what, Zachary? We're going to get off of Legion hoops here because they did a really bad job. Normally, they used to have this uh, chart that they used to always do. Now it's individual shit. If I did that, oh. then I got to go to the GOAT, don't I? By the way, in case you didn't see, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski reported 11 trades first. Shams did five. And a player did one. And we'll get into that. But here is the next trade we're going to be talking about here, folks. It involves the New York Knicks. As a New York Knicks, they get Boyan Bogdanovich and Alec Burks back. Boyan. Alec Burks, the former New York Knick from last season, and they send away Quentin Grimes, Malachi Flynn, the former Toronto Raptor, Evan Fournier, Ryan Arcidiancano, and uh, two second-round picks to the Detroit Pistons. And I think this is low-key a win-win for both teams, and here's why, Zachary. Um, Detroit they made a lot of moves today and a lot of it was mainly the veterans that are well needed. I was talking to Steve on the phone today and he was like, why don't you think that the Pistons could just like figure this out? Like OKC or these other teams, when you have too many lottery picks, like they do, they got rid of Killian Hayes. They rate, they waved him today. I'm sure somebody will pick up. They have Kate Cunningham. They have Marvin Bagley. They have Jaden Ivy. They have so many picks that it feels like they weren't picking to, fulfill some sort of role on a team. It was like, oh, this guy's got this time. Oh, this guy's this time. Well, 
if you're drafting so many people with the same talent, it's not going to correlate well. So now they're bringing in Quentin Grimes, but they're also bringing in a veteran like Evan Fournier, yep. who had to deal with this kind of role in Orlando and thrived. So maybe he could raise his value again, seeing how before he's making $18 million to send the bench. Okay, now the next perspective. So they bring in Alec Burks and Boyan Bogdanovich. All right. The same Boyan Bogdanovich that the Detroit Pistons won multiple first-round picks for last year. It didn't take multiple first-round picks. What do the Knicks do here? Zach, what did I say that the Knicks needed to do all along? Um, Shows how much you know. You Robbie, you say so much shit that I I just barely I listened to only about a quarter of it. So, I slapped the fuck out of you. Anyways, so the one thing the Knicks need to do is improve their bench. The starting lineup. They, they got to improve their bench. That's what you kept saying. It was improve their bench. Fuck you. My time. They need to improve their bench. And they did the right thing right away. Alec Burks stepped in last year when uh, they had injuries with Emmanuel Quickly. And um, no, it was two years ago, excuse me, with Emmanuel Quickly and Kemba Walker. I think it was like two years ago. And uh, he's shooting the 40% from three this year. Boyan Bogdanovich has been uh, the best shooter on the Detroit Pistons. So to me, it was the right move to make. So once you're healthy, you have Jalen Brunson, DiVincenzo, or, um, or Josh Hart, whoever's starting, OG, Randall and Hartenstein, and maybe you get um, Mitchell Robinson back at some point in the year. I think they got a really good team here We're going on in New York right now, Zachary. And uh, yeah, you know what? It they're deep me. now. They they are they're ready for a run. I think this year, Robbie. It, it, they're, they're, it, they're they're making the best splash in this free in this trade deadline so far. Well, maybe not just the trade deadline day, but just acquiring OG, getting Boyan. Excuse me, getting Burks back for that depth piece. I like all the moves they've made. I like all the moves they've made. It really hurts my heart to know that there's a team contending in New York for a championship, potentially. And it's definitely not the Brooklyn Nets. Swear to God, Zachary, when I'm, I'm, you, I'm, I'm just fucking telling you, man, the eyebrows off of you because the Brooklyn Nets are shit. You're shit. Enjoy Spencer Dinwiddie. Oh, wait, you can't. And hey, you're not going to be able to enjoy him anymore either. <laughs> Next trade. All right, here it is. Steve, Uh-oh. this is for you. The Oklahoma City Thunder. Yes, I like this trade. Are trading for Gordon Hayward. They are sending Trey Mann, Davis Breton to the Charlotte Hornets. And in return, they get Gordon Hayward. Zachary, mm. your but uh, you know what? I'm a Hayward guy. I've always been a Hayward guy. He's, uh, he's dealt with injuries now the last couple seasons, obviously. So we got to take that in consideration. But uh, I, I just I for some reason, I just think this could be a really good fit for him. This is a very young and up and coming OKC team. Maybe him as a little bit of a veteran presence comes in and kind of settles down the younger guys. Let's what? be honest here, Robbie. This settle down. Not settle down. You know, when it, when it come into a playoff run here, a lot of these guys are going to be. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, they don't inexperienced. Maybe just having someone that I'm not even saying really been there before, but it's having someone that's played many, many games in an NBA career in different NBA uniforms. Maybe it'll be a good presence to have to settle down the fellas later on for a playoff stretch. Because I think this Oklahoma City team, Robbie, could make some damage this year. They could, and as my dad puts here, um, 
next five years, OKC has 12 first round picks, which I think most of us honestly knew. I think we all know that they still have all those goddamn picks. I don't blame one bit for not wasting any of those picks in this trade deadline. There's yeah, no there wasn't a, out there, man. Last wasn't year, a bonafide name for it. <laughs> There's nothing this year. Nothing. Yeah, I, I agree with you. If there was if there was a couple of really big names um, that would have sued to them, like, I mean, I guess realistically you could have went after a guy like DeJounte Murray, but do they really need a guy like that on that? No, on that they don't OPC need a guy call? like that when you have Josh Giddey, Shea so, just out. Yeah. There's um, really no one that was worth them using one of those first-round picks for. No, and just think about that. How good is this team is right now? They got 12 first-round picks in the next five years. I have a very good feeling that they will not be using 12 first-round picks in the next five years, but what's the wait and see what happens? Indeed we are, and I agree with you on that. I highly doubt they're going to be doing that. Um. So, OKC, what do you think? Do you think Gordon Hayward's going to come off the bench? Because my feeling is he's going to come off the bench, and if they are to send somebody down from the starting lineup, I don't know who it would be other than maybe... Just getting a quick phone call here again, Robbie, during the podcast. Uh-huh. Put him on the air. Put him on. But Dan, you're uh, live on the sports cave here, Dan. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> I, uh, I got more excited because, you know, I messaged the Airbnb like some people. And, you know, the one that was, like, that we loved that was gone. Hey, Dan, this is a sports podcast, not where you're going to go fuck some We're male- going to Miami for a bachelor party, Robbie, okay? Really? No problem. I'm, uh, I'll come by after the podcast. Okay. Dan, you suck. You just ruined the whole mojo. Scumbag. Is he just blabbering on us? You're just like trying to do things. Well, he's that- trying to tell me, Robbie, but I can't fucking hear him. Well, yeah, you're yeah, in the make it quick, Dad. Make it quick. Make it quick. We're doing a live show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My fucking God. All right, folks. Well, well, Zach handles that. Boop. Zach, just give me a thumbs up. It's me, myself, and me. All right. So I was saying, I don't know what they're going to do with uh, Mr. Gordon Hayward, but something tells me that uh, there's a very, very good chance that Gordon Hayward's going to come off the bench. It's probably the right thing to do. You don't want to ruin the mojo of what they got going on right now in OKC. Jalen Williams, Josh Giddy, Shy Gill, just Alexander, and who could forget Chet Holmgren. Um, to me, it'd be the right decision to have him come off the bench as the possible six man. Uh, and I think Zachary's ready to rejoin us. Are you ready to rejoin us now? Yeah, sorry about that, folks. I tell you, I love my buddy Dan. He's a bit of a chatterbox, though. Um, and Robbie, I agree with you. I do believe that they. Off the bench role would be best for him right now. The way this OKC team is is firing on all cylinders right now, I don't think you can fuck around with that starting rotation. Uh, and you know what? To have a guy like Gordon Hayward, obviously, you know, a step back to what he used to be, but still a great basketball player. Having him coming off the bench is going to be a great depth piece for him. And let's be honest here, Robbie, it was Trey Man and uh, was it Davis Bertans? Yeah, Davis Bertans. Are they really are they really losing much by losing those two? Not at all. Yeah, so I really like the deal. I really like the deal for OKC. All right, so going on to our next trade here, Zachary, we have the Dallas Mavericks making some moves, as we see here, as they are acquiring Mr. P.J. Washington, and they are sending out Seth Curry, a first-round pick that is lightly protected, and who they acquired during the offseason, they're dishing out Mr. Grant Williams. Yep, um, another big, another big trade, I guess. Uh, PJ Washington, the Charlotte Hornets, kind of just blowing everything up. It seems today, Robbie. I respect which, it. I respect it. Which we you know what, and expect. I said, it, I said it a couple weeks ago, maybe not even that. Maybe they should consider about moving on from Lamelo. Not that Lamelo is obviously a bad player because he's a very good player, but 
you're going to get your most value if you're going to restart this whole thing by dishing on from Lamelo and just trying to keep it going with Brandon Miller. If you ask me, if I if I was the Hornets, if you're really trying to win games, I think your best chance would have been trying to trade the number three pick, um, to, or number two. Was it, they had a number two or number three? Whatever pick it was, I think it was number two. It was number two. That that was your best chance was to move in number two pick and try to get some other assets around Lamella Ball, and they failed to do so. And you know they're they're gonna be a bottom feeding team once again. Yeah, and according to Steve, our insider here in the chat, Grant Williams is a cuck. Oh, so God. that is from Steve. I I don't know where he gets information from, but that is our sidelines man, Steve. There. Um, honestly, uh, it's uh, what what happened, Robbie? We're getting canceled. No, I don't think so at all. Can you uh can you bring the trade back up again, Robbie? I'll just let see it again before I make my uh my final pledge here. Now, what does this do for the Mavericks, Robbie? Well, it gives him some kind of like a Porzingis role, essentially, except he's not seven foot three. So uh it gives him an offensive big man. Uh they have Dwight Powell, but he's not a natural like center. PJ Washington, I wouldn't even say he's like a natural center, but he's definitely built more than um Dwight Powell. So we'll see. Dwight Powell. What I think they're trying to do here, Zachary, is I think they're trying to find a way to intrigue Luca for staying for a long time. But if you're getting rid of all these picks because they sent their picks to the Nets, they're sending picks to uh, the Hornets now. What are you going to be able to build around Luca? A lot of fucking a lot, a lot of old lot of, men, that's for sure. A lot of controversy with uh, him and Kyrie allegedly. So we'll see. Um, we have. Another trade here, Zachary. Obviously, there's trades coming in Utah today. This one, uh, this one shocked me a little bit, and I'll and I'll tell you why once you read off. Yeah, this one was a little bit of a weird one for me too. Uh, the trade that Robbie's talking about here is the 76ers are trading Patrick Beverly, my favorite player ever, to the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, the Bucks in return will be Sandy. Sandy. Sending campaign over to the Sixers. Also a 2027 second round pick to the Sixers as well. Thoughts? Uh, it was just a really weird trade. I mean, I guess Patrick Beverly is a great defender. Very good. Um, you kind of know what you're going to get with him. He really gets into people's heads. So maybe Milwaukee thinks by bringing in this scumbag piece of shit that they're going to, uh, he's going to get under people's skin. And he will. He inevitably will get under people's skin because that's his role. That's what he does. Does this really help them and bolster them to bring them into the NBA championship favorite that uh, the team with Giannis and Chris Middleton and and Damian Lillard should be at? Absolutely not. I mean, this is a very mediocre trade. If you're a Bucks fan, I really would be kind of confused. Even if you're a fan of the NBA like myself, I'm very confused by this trade, Robbie. I think you're saying mediocre because you really don't like Patrick Beverly. Well, he is mediocre. I like this trade for them. They're missing a defensive presence on that team outside of Giannis. Like, Giannis is a good defender, but you don't want Giannis wasting all of his energy consistently on defense. That's what you need uh, Patrick Beverly for. Campaign is not anything special. I mean, he's gotten a lot better, especially during his time in Phoenix, and I think Philly realizes they're going to need more scoring, more so the defense, where the Bucs critically need defense. So when it comes down to a game and you see that they're lacking on defense in the fourth quarter, who are they going to have in the game there? Patrick Beverly. What's one that guy. Beverly, Zachary. You know what that one thing is? He is a winner. 
The guy goes to teams and he fucking wins. He goes to Minnesota and he brings him to the playoffs for the first time in a very long well, time. How many championships has he won? All right, Zachary, that's fine. But like there's people that make it to the playoffs don't won't don't win championships. Well, this I'm guy not calling them winners. I'm well, not I'm calling not, them winners. Not, why are you not going to call them winners? They're making they it haven't to won. But they're making it to the playoffs. They haven't won. Who gives a fuck? He's making you gotta be a champion to be a winner. Oh, so so if you want to play a game, Carmel Anthony's not a winner because he didn't He's win a it. loser. Allen Iverson. Loser. Tracy McGrady. Loser. You're a fucking piece of shit, Zach. <laughs> you are the biggest scumbag piece of shit. Well, we're just talking about the terminology of the term winner. What's Scotty Barnes? What's Scotty Barnes? At the moment, he's a loser. Yeah, he has a lot of the time left in his career. What's RJ Barrett? At the moment, a loser. Yeah. What's Austin Matthews? At the moment, a loser. You can keep asking this question, but it's gonna be the same. It's gonna be the same question, same answer. What's Zach Roden? A loser. <laughs> so are you, <laughs> fucking loser. <laughs> I'm just saying, the guy goes in and he makes teams a little bit better, but I'm not going over here and say he's a winner because, in my opinion, a winner's got to win at the highest level. But I think got to win the biggest games. Gives them a better chance of winning than it did with campaign. No, I agree with you on that one. I agree oh, with you. Oh, so now it makes a difference. That literally has nothing to do with what you were just saying. You were saying that Patrick Beverly is a winner. He is. And I just said, all right, he hasn't fine. won any right. championships. You want to play that game? He's always in the playoffs. Well, there you go. Okay. Then that's a little bit. That's a bit of a different story. How about a shitty Chicago Bulls team two years ago? They trade over for him and he wills them all the way into the play-in tournament. Ooh. Bringing them victories. Ooh. You're just trying to be a fucking cum dumpster today, aren't you? Well, I don't even know why that term came out of your brain there. You're a cum dumpster. Okay. All right. So campaign goes to the Sixers. The Bucks uh, send a 2027 second round pick to the Sixers. And Pat Beverly once again to the Milwaukee Bucks. I almost said Buccaneers there. That would have been a critical mistake. Um, and then let, let's just talk about this here, Zachary. No trade here, just the news from Adrian Wojnarowski. Oh, yes, the Atlanta Hawks will, in fact, be keeping DeJounte Murray. Uh, no trade for him. I believe I saw some reports that the Pelicans and the Hawks were very, very close on a trade surrounding DeJounte Murray, but at the end of the day, it just did not have the substance to get done for both teams. So uh, he remains a Hawk. Robbie, I feel like me and you aren't too shocked by this. No. Um, because like we were saying last episode, we really were trying to think of the teams that would, would pay to acquire DeJounte Murray, and it just didn't really seem like there was a fit for him really anywhere, at least in this trade deadline market. So uh, not too surprising. Are you surprised that the Pelicans were were apparently very close to pulling the trigger on him? No, I think, you know, Steve and I were trying to think what team could bring him over the top, and Steve was naming off a couple different teams. Like he said, the Nuggets, but, I mean, the Nuggets aren't really going to need DeJounte Murray when they have Jamal, Jokic, and Porter. You know what I mean? They don't really have the assets to get yeah. out of trade. I think um, I think the best chance for him would be the Pelicans if any team were to be interested. There were talk about the Knicks. There was talk about the Nets. I believe even the Raptors were in the equation at some point. But um, here's the thing with DeJounte Murray. I hate the role that he has on the Atlanta Hawks. I fucking hate it. 
DeJounte Murray needs the ball in his hands, and he's sharing that ball with Trey Young, and we see that it's not equivalenting out to winning. When the Hawks made that trade, I thought they were so tone-deaf on what they needed to do to improve the roster um, with Trey Young after they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. They didn't need to bring in DeJounte Murray. They just need to bring better assets around Trey Young, whether if it was veterans or shooters, whatever the case was. That wasn't the answer, and it's showing. This guy could nearly be a walking triple-double, plays great defense at the point guard position. And if he was to go to the Pelicans, I think they would be um, a bit a better contender. But is DeJounte Murray someone that moves the lead, uh, the needle that puts you like in the equation for the NBA finals? I don't think necessarily so. Well, maybe not, especially not on that team. Like it would have to be a, a pretty bolstered up offense to add him to give him that, to really make him have that extra nudge. Like I think that contender. Went- Timberwolves, and he played with Ann Edwards and Carl. Yeah, then now we're talking about a different situation here. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, I mean, I don't think there's really any team that's going to give up three or four first-round picks for DeJounte Murray. That's just not no. Um, great player, by the way. I'm not trying to shit on DeJounte Murray. I'm not saying he's a bad player, but I'm saying that no team is going to pay the price that they were asking for in Atlanta. Oh, there was another trade that we didn't uh, talk about, Zachary. Again, I think this is a low-key good trade, and it's not because I'm a fan. Right there. Oh, I didn't see this one. The Nets sending Royce O'Neal to the Phoenix Suns. Um, Robbie, not have not seeing who the return is for it. Um, it's three second round picks going back to the Nets and cash considerations. Well, there you go. I think this is a great trade for the Suns, and I'll tell you why. They we we've been saying it for, or at least I've been saying it for a while. They need help on the bench. Their bench is so weak and. Royce, can, he's been guarding one through five for the Nets, although I wouldn't say he should always guard the five, but he could definitely guard one through four. Um, he's shooting over 50% from three when he pump fakes and then takes a dribble and it goes in. Um, he's had familiarity with playing That's with Kevin Durant. I know it's a weird stat, but this dude is like the pump fake god this year. Um, I think it's a very good trade to help bolster that, uh, that bench there in Phoenix and uh, – Honestly, the Western Conference is pretty, pretty insane right now, Zachary. Yes, uh, it is very insane, Robbie. And I believe that is the last trade we have to talk to, right? Because that's kind of a perfect segue for what I'd like to end our NBA conversation with. Oh, I hope uh, you got. All right, let's hear it because I might have to head on. So go on, go on, go on. Go on. Well, but uh, what I want to talk about is you're talking about crazy the Western Conference is right now, Robbie. And right now, the Los Angeles Clippers are in fourth place but are one win away from being in a four-way tie for first place, Robbie. Mm. I mean, this Western Conference this year between the Timberwolves, the Nuggets, the OKC Thunder, and the Clippers, it, it has just been a a dogfight for first place in that fucking conference all year, and it's going to continue going to the rest of the season. And honestly, Robbie, I really would not be surprised if any one of those four teams was in first or fourth place by the end of the season. Like that that's how close it is. That's how close it is. What kind of a point is that? No you shit. Like that? No shit, you fucking idiot. All right, you stupid fat fuck. Let me hear your point then. You going at me, call me cum dumpster? What do you want to talk about there, fuck stick? Huh? Fuck a retard? What are you gonna say? Huh? <laughs> fucking oh. asshole. <laughs> oh shit. Well, Zachary. Um that was a stellar ass point that was made there, okay? 
Was it a good point? You think so? I thought, I thought it was pretty good. I well, thought it was pretty good. I think could fall off all of those four. It would probably be the Timberwolves. I don't know how much I'm going to really believe in their maintain of success here. Well, they do have those four teams do have a pretty good jump on the rest of the division or the conference. So I feel like it's it's going to be they those will be the solidified top four in my opinion. Maybe you can see Phoenix making a bit of a run with their sure. roster they have. Yeah. Um. All right. So trades are done. There's one more thing I want to show everybody here, and that's the list of players that are available in the buyout market. You got Kyle Lowry, Spencer Dinwiddie, Marcus Morris. No one really gives a fuck about Robin Lopez. If you need some shooters, you could bring in someone like Joe Harris. Kai Jones is still out there, but he's still a little cuckoo, cuckoo in the hay- in the head. Daniel House and Killian Hayes. I think we're going to see Dinwiddie out of all these guys go first. Someone will grab Lowry right after. Maybe we see a team like the Lakers who were so interested in last year. Maybe they try to bring in Joe Harris. Um, I, I think like Killian of, Hayes won't be there for a while either. I don't think so, neither. I, I think some team will take a chance on him. He's very young, so someone's going to take a chance on him. But um, I think Dinwiddie and Joe Harris will probably end up going to the Lakers. Lowry, Lowry, I think a lot of teams, maybe if they have the cap, but I don't know if they have the money, maybe Phoenix tries to bring in Kyle Lowry. Yeah, well, I mean, Raptors need a guard. <laughs> we'll take big booty Lowry back as a little reunion. You know? Zach! Oh, <laughs> I, was, I was looking at you like, are you frozen right now? I was definitely frozen. I was trying to do this. Woo! I thought you were just doing that stupid face for uh for a dramatic pause. No. Uh, You want Kyle Lowry back in uh, Toronto, huh? Well, I would take him back in Toronto. I mean, he's a fan favorite. We're not, we're not expecting any wins this year anyway, so. It'd be a nice, it'd be a nice nostalgic feeling. Um, that was really good insight there, Zachary. <laughs> um, one more thing before we go here, Zachary, with the NBA, and then we can move on to uh, your next source of destination. Here it is, Zachary. Bam. Yes, New York Knicks OG Anunoby had surgery to remove a loose bone fragment in his right elbow when it was a minimum of three weeks. Uh I mean, it's, it's, it's a minor procedure here, folks. So if you're a New York Knicks fan, let's just pump the brakes. You know, don't get too nervous. The team's deep enough where you're going you're gonna to stay afloat with my OG Anunoby out for a couple weeks. Well, a few weeks, I should say. But, I mean, I guess realistically, Robbie, I guess they kind of avoided disaster if you think about it. Only a three-week yeah. recovery for, for a procedure. So if you're a Knicks fan, you're breathing a sigh of relief. Uh, and I think a... Uh, a title run is very much on the line for the New York Knicks this season. Starting five. What the fuck is this? No, the New York Knicks are going to be perfectly fine. I'll tell you what. It's terrible that the injury happened, but there's no better time for your team to deal with this type of situation um, during the All-Star break. You know, because you have essentially that whole week off, so that's a basically a free week to recover. Yeah. Um, and I'll, and I'll tell you this, Zach. You're going to get uh, OG back, Randall be right back, right near there. So you're going to be a full strength, probably. I'd say mid to end March, if not, definitely in time for the playoffs for sure. And Bob is saying Brunson's missing time. I didn't hear anything about that. I don't think I heard about that either. If he was missing time, we would have heard a replacement for the All Star game. Jalen Brunson injury. Let's see. Um, Dante Divincenzo. 
saying playing with him for so long, I said, you good? And he goes, I'm good. And I didn't ask anything after that. I don't worry about Jalen at all. He's one of the toughest guys in the league. I'm not worried. Bob saying sprained ankle, but I guess he'll, uh, he'll power through. He'll yeah. power through. It's an ankle sprain. It's not a fucking broken fucking foot. He'll be okay. We've all He's sprained. A fucking man, huh? We've all sprained our ankle from time to time here. But Robbie, well, that, I guess that that does it for our NBA talk essentially here, Zachary. Um, yeah. So, um, do you want to look at the standings really quick before we move on? Yeah, we can take a little peek at those puppies. You gonna pull them up? You want me to pull right. them up here? Nope, I'm gonna pull it up right now. So our oh, fang, sh- our fang, oh shit, fuck! Did you forget about this? Fuck shit. Well, as soon as this fucking thing would like to load because it's moving pretty goddamn slow here. All right, here we go. Here we go. We got the standings right here, Zachary. Ready All right, you. so obviously first place, we have the Boston Celtics who are five games ahead of the Cleveland Cavaliers and are probably going to walk away once again with the Eastern Conference number one spot. The Cavs in second shocks me. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. They're having a hell of a year this year. Uh, I mean, obviously, I think beginning of the season, we had teams at the 76ers and the Bucks. Um, as like a solidified second place seed for this Eastern Conference, but Cleveland Cavaliers proving everyone wrong day in and day out this year, Robbie. Yep. Um, the Cavs are on their second uh, streak this year, where they've won at least seven games as they're in second. In third, we have the disappointing Milwaukee Bucks, who I believe are now one in four under Doc Rivers. Womp womp. Uh, in fourth, you have the New York Knicks. Number five, you have the Philadelphia 76ers. At six, you have the Pacers, and then from seven through ten for the play-in tournament. You have Miami, Orlando, Chicago, Atlanta, and a game and a half out of the 10th spot is the Brooklyn Nets. Four games out are the Raptors, and then you have so, the Hornets, Wizards, and the Pistons. Western Conference gets a little bit more interesting, Robbie. Here it is. Uh, you got a three-way tie right now between OKC at number one, Minnesota two, Denver at three. Uh, like you said, the Clippers are a half game out. Uh, they were originally in first, like yesterday, two days ago when I looked, so... Um, but they also had a game ahead. I think of all those three teams. Yeah. So another game behind. Right. Half a game essentially. Well, yes. Yeah. Uh, in fifth, you have the Phoenix Suns, who are thirty and twenty-one. The Pelicans at, at the six seed surprises me. I thought they would have been the ten through seven there, but uh, they found a way to go through. And if you notice, there's no talk about the Pelicans unless Zion's banging porn stars. Yep. Uh, seven through ten, Sacramento, who is just a half game out of the sixth spot. Dallas is two games out. The Lakers are two games above 500. They're in the play-in right now. They are um, at the number nine spot. Utah, 10. Golden State is a game out from Utah. The Rockets are two games out. The Grizzlies are dead. The Trailblazers and the Spurs. And, Zach, I don't know if you saw, Fred Van Vliet has, like, 50 blocks in the air. He has a lot of block. He has more blocks than most centers in the league. Really? Yeah, I saw this stat yesterday. I was like, there's no fucking way. And, yeah, it's true. That's it's a lot of true. fucking blocks for Fred. The well, Fred's a stud. I'll tell you what, Freddie is a stud. I'm going to see if I can find that thing on Twitter really quick, Zach, for you. But I doubt it. Um, all right. Well, while I'm looking for Fred Van Vliet, Zachary, the All Star break is over, and there was at one point a very impressive winning streak by we know who. Yes, and by what Robbie is referring to here. Here first. it is. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Wait, no, we I didn't even make the transition. We're talking about NHL now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was trying to get you the Van Vliet thing. We'll move on from Van Vliet. Fuck Van Vliet. Oh, right? no, so, get Van Vliet. Get it, get it, get it. No, it wasn't the right one. It wasn't the right no. one. No. It wasn't the right one. I'm done. I'm 
Let's talk about Edmonton. Moving on to the NHL talk here, folks. Uh, Edmonton Oilers, 16-game win streak. One win away from tying the all-time win streak of 17 games set by the Pittsburgh Penguins in the season of 1992. Uh, Excuse me, 1993. Unfortunately, the loss comes at the hands of the Vegas Golden Knights at 16 games. They now stand with the second longest streak in NHL history. Um, you know what, Robbie? I'm going to give credit where credit's due to the Oilers. Obviously, winning 16 games in a row is very hard, very impressive. I just find it funny that the first time in this 16-game win streak that they actually face a good hockey team, they lose. Now, like I said, winning 16 games, being on fire for 16 games in a row, no matter if you're facing the bottom half of the league and teams, Still impressive because obviously you can slip up in one of those games and any one of those teams can beat you in any one of these nights, right? Mm. Still an impressive win streak, but I think we need to pump the brakes a little bit on the Oilers because everyone's kind of already kind of handed them a Stanley Cup ring this year going, well, these guys are clearly the favorites. They faced a lot of shitty teams in the NHL, Robbie. I want to say about 80% of these games that they won this was between teams in the 18th to 32nd position in the league. In the bottom, 33%. So obviously still an impressive win streak. Do not get me wrong. I don't want to take anything away from that, but it just wasn't the most impressive slate of teams that were defeated en route to it. If they would have been able to beat this good Vegas Golden Knights team to get that 17th, then okay, then we have we start having a bit of a conversation going, okay, you know what? Maybe they can reel off a few more wins against some really good teams, and we're now talking, holy shit, this Oilers team is terrifying. Do I still think they're built for a bit of a run? Uh, yes. I mean, Stuart Skinner has been playing fantastic. Their goaltender, their defense has stepped up huge. You have McDavid and Drysaddle playing at the the pace they should be playing at. So they're definitely still 100% a very scary team. But I just think everyone's got to pump the brakes on them just a little bit. Can I tell you why I'm going to disagree with you? And obviously, you know about hockey, obviously, way more than I do. But are we going to ignore how bad this team was? And for the majority of the season, I mean, losing some of the like too many, too many fucking games, obviously, to start off the year to where they basically fire their coach. So we're going to go hire someone from the AHL. Not block comes in and they win fucking 16 games in a row. I don't care if they're facing good teams, bad teams, hurt teams. 16 games in a row, I think you say is pretty damn near impossible in hockey, Zachary. I mean, it's, 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 well, it's not damn near impossible, but it's fucking pretty goddamn hard to do. As you see, it's only been done a handful, maybe two or three times, but especially in today's day and age, because realistically, every team, even the shitty teams, are still good fucking hockey teams that can beat you any night. If you have an off night, they're going to beat you. At one point in the season, their worst record this year was 5 12 and 1. That was through November 20th. They've made a massive turnaround, and and you know what? And obviously, the the one guy you got to look at 100% is Connor McDavid. Actually, you know what? Obviously, he's doing what he's doing, but another guy, Stuart Skinner, what he's done with his game. Zach Hyman's playing fantastic, but, I mean, he's also playing with with really good players. The guy's become a 40-goal goal scorer. Sounds like you're making excuses for, like, trying to come up with the reason, like. No, I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying I think one of the guys that we have to give the biggest credit to this year in the Oilers is not Connor McDavid. It's not a Zach Hyman. It's not a Leon Dreisaitl. It's the goaltender they're getting from Stuart Skinner as of recent. The guy has turned his game around in the second half of the season, and it is exactly 
what people have been wanting from the Oilers for years is a good goaltender. They have the team to make a run, but their goaltending has been absolutely terrible. Jack Campbell. Yeah, Jack Campbell's putting up numbers in the AHL right now. No, that's great for Jack Campbell. So uh, the 16 teams they defeated in New Jersey against the Devils, in New York against the Rangers, in San Jose, California, in Los Angeles, in Anaheim. Say what you want there, Zachary. That's one, two, three, four, five, six. Six straight road games. I don't care how bad Anaheim is, how bad San Jose is, Zach. And against a very big sliding Rangers team, an injured Devils team, and an L.A. Kings team. It was one of the worst teams in the league at the time. Continue. Okay. Then they had two games at home against Philadelphia, who's been pretty good this year. Yes. Yes. I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. Ottawa, who took down the Leafs. Ottawa shit. You saw it firsthand. Uh, then they go on to defeat the Blackhawks in Chicago, then at Detroit, then at Montreal. Then they defend two straight games against the Leafs and Seattle at home. Then they go on the road to take on Calgary and take down Calgary. Then they win three straight at home against the Blue Jackets, the Blackhawks, the Predators, and then they lose in Vegas. Like, okay, Robbie, I, I do, do you see what I'm saying when you read those teams out, though? Like, obviously, yes, it's a very impressive win streak. They did beat a... A couple of good, uh, a couple of good teams in that win streak, but those are those are a lot of really weak teams in that win streak. I mean, Blue Jackets. I heard, I heard. Um, now I'm drawing blanks. I heard a lot of shitty teams though. It just wasn't a very it, it, obviously winning 16 games in a row is fucking very hard. Yes, Zachary, it is. But the question I want to ask you now, Robbie, about the seventh Oilers team, more so about Connor McDavid. We're sitting now with about 30 games left in the season. Connor McDavid sits about 18 points back of the league lead in points. Do you see a chance this season of him being able to win that award and be the 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 most points this year in the NHL? Yes. Really? I know Kucherov has 86, I believe, correct? 86 or 87 or something like that. He has I- one more than McKinnon at second place. I, I don't. I don't want to discredit him, like putting him out there, because Connor McDavid is fucking unicornish, bro. This guy is just fucking masterful. So I'm not here to say that he will do it, but let's say if he was right there with five games left, could he get it done? Yeah, he probably could get it done. Yeah, I guess if anyone has the skill level to do it, it would be him. I, I, I think at this point of the season, it might be too late, especially with the way the Kucherov's been playing and how. I mean, I know how much this guy can put up points like nobody's business, and in my opinion, too. It can also show lazy effort in the all-star. Yeah, that's what he does. He's a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> um, but in my opinion, Robbie, you know what? You're going to you. you This is could be a hot take, I guess. I think the best player playing hockey. In this last 365 day span in the NHL, just worldwide is Nathan McKinnon. I don't think there's anyone playing better hockey than that guy when it comes to five on five. He is the only guy, in my opinion, that could challenge McDavid right now for being the best player to be playing hockey. And honestly, right now, if, if I was doing that vote, I know McDavid's one of the accolades, but if we're talking about the last year of playing hockey, I'm probably going to give it to McKinnon. The guy has been a fucking, just a, especially five on five. McDavid, he gets a lot of points, but he'll also finish the season with 150 points and 70 of them are on the power play. I'm not, I'm not discrediting that. That is, that is incredibly hard to do. It's The guy's a wizard on the ice. But five on five, attacking the play, Nathan McKinnon is just a terrifying human being. Terrifying. 
I think it's a little insulting. I think it's just more so of you trying to come up with a spicy, uh, spicy analogy. Oh. Can I tell you something? I did. Well, well, why, why you say this? Why don't you Google the most five on five points in the last year? And I think McKinnon has about thirty more than McDavid. Mm-hmm. About thirty. All right. I still, I'm still telling you right now. Dating back to last year, to now, to next year, to two years from now, I'll take Connor McDavid over McKinnon. I'm just saying there's 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 uh there's more of a debate there that could be had than what people think. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. And I think in other on there and I like it. That's all I'm saying. Well, uh in other hockey, hockey news, Robbie, uh unfortunate news to report out of Tampa Bay. We we're just talking about Nikita Kucherov. His teammate Mikhail Sergachev makes the return to the ice last night after missing, I believe it was 16 games prior. Uh, and then early on in that game, he gets tangled up going into the boards. And Robbie, uh, I don't know if you saw the video, but it looked like his leg snapped in fucking seven different places. Yeah, I'm not sharing that. For We're not showing that. If you guys want to watch it, go on Twitter and find it yourself. It was not a very pleasant video to watch. Uh, he had to be stretchered off. And then he put a very emotional Instagram post up after just basically saying, like, why me? why does that have to happen to me? And you know, you have to really feel bad for this guy. The poor guy just battled back from injury, finally gets his return. He's probably excited as hell. And now I think the realization has come that he will be taking off the skates for the rest of the season, Rob, because I'm going to assume uh, multiple surgeries are going to have to come from that. Uh, they're going to yeah. have to do some extensive work to fix that leg up. And you really hate to see it. He's a young player, a young stud defenseman on this Tampa Lightning team. So, Hopefully this isn't one that's going to diminish him later on in his career, Robbie. But when you see something that serious, you have to have those thoughts. Yeah. No doubt, bro. No doubt. So, Sergeyev, wherever you are, bud, we hope you're doing well. That takes a lot from Zach because he doesn't like the lightning neither. I don't like the lightning at all, but I also don't like to see people snap their legs in 19 different spots. And that I, I'll tell you one thing right now. That was, a, that was a tough one to watch last night. Well, off the air, you would tell me to snap my leg and... Well, yeah. You were circuit in that case. I'd be laughing my fucking dick off right now. Ending off our NHL news, Robbie. Uh, another news we do not like to report. We have a suspension in the NHL defenseman out of Winnipeg Jets. Brendan Dillon suspended three games. For what I'm going to say was a pretty brutal head hit on Pittsburgh Penguins' Nola Chari. Uh, it came a few nights ago. Nola Chari was skating down the ice uh, along the boards right when, he po- right when he crossed over the red line at center ice. Uh, Brendan Dillon came from kind of hiding behind one of his own teammates and just took his face clean off his head. Um, so suspension well-deserved. I mean, you you know when you're getting an in-person hearing that the suspension is going to be, you're going to be getting some games. So he gets his hearing. Uh, he'll serve his three games. Winnipeg should have much to worry about there. One of the top teams in the league right now. So just something to report uh, for you motherfuckers. Zachary, you think Jonathan Quick's going to overtake Igor Shosturkin for the starting job for the goaltending in New York? If he did, it would be it would be a, a, a spurt. Like it wouldn't be a permanent a permanent decision. However, I guess if you do make that decision and Jonathan Quick starts playing lights out, then he could just play himself into that hand. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if you're a Rangers fan and you guys are obviously you have a team which on paper should be able to make some sort of a playoff run, right? So. If you're a Rangers fan, maybe give Shesterkin a little bit of rest, but also you need to give the guy some sort of reps too because I feel like his confidence yeah. right now is not where it needs to be. He's not playing with Shesterkin. We know it is, but that also could be. Maybe there's a lingering injury that we don't know about. Um, the beauty for them, though, Robbie, is that they do have Jonathan Quick to use at their disposal. 
They do have this backup that's what a won great backup. Two, that's won two Stanley Cups, a Conn Smythe, and has been one of the best American-born goaltenders that's ever fucking put the pads on in the history of the goddamn game. What state? What state did he come from? Connecticut. Connecticut, baby. So, I mean, it's definitely, I mean, that you're looking at that pickup now for him. That, that's been kind of a season saver for him. Because let's be honest, the Rangers, as of late, have kind of been faltering. They were one of those top teams for a long time. They're losing more games. They're winning now. But they're in a lucky situation because, Robbie, the Metropolitan right now is kind of shit. And I actually had this talk with my buddy yesterday because the the Leafs, before winning, Yesterday's game were, were in fourth uh, fourth place in the Atlantic Division, which was giving them the first wild card spot. Now, after winning that game yesterday, they jumped Tampa Bay to take over the third slot, as you can see here on the screen. Uh, but Robbie, the way what I will say about this is, I was sent, telling my buddy, I'm like, I, I, I obviously never you never want your team to lose, but I think the best case scenario right now for the Leafs would be finishing in fourth place in the Atlantic and having that second or that first wild card spot. Because I would much rather play the New York Rangers or the Carolina Hurricanes right now than the Florida Panthers or the Tampa Bay Lightning, I think. Tampa Bay, maybe not the- so much, but... Go on, go on, go on, go on. Sorry. So what were you saying? Well, I was, so, I was wondering when the cock-sucking Hurricanes are going to wear the Whalers jerseys. Oh, that I'm not too sure about. Um but if we're looking at the standings here, folks, we'll go through them quick. Uh, in the Atlantic, sitting atop, who's he been all season? Boston shockingly Bruins at 71 up. points. We are shockingly with the rush they have. I mean, they still have a great team, but I don't think anyone thought they were going to be this good. No. Bruins at 71 points. Florida Panthers at number two in the Atlantic at 66 points. Right behind them is Toronto with one game less played at 60 points. Tampa Bay behind Toronto with two games played more than Toronto at 59 the Red Wings, 60 games played, 58 points. Montreal Canadiens falling behind, 50 games, 50 points. Perfect 500 record. Buffalo Sabres, 50 games, 40, 48 or 46. My eyes are kind of faltering on me a little bit here. 40. And at last place, Ottawa Senators, 47 games played, 42 Why do you say like that? Why do you say like that? Because your brother stepped that might be listening, huh? No, I just, I've never liked Ottawa. I like seeing them bad. I like seeing Montreal bad. And both of them are near the bottom, so I'm pretty happy. Yeah, it's a good thing Patrick Kane elected to not go back home, huh? Well, <laughs> Buffalo is a surprise team this year for me, Robbie. I expect them to be a lot better, but yeah, I mean, uh, if you're looking at where he went, Detroit's still not doing that great, but they are definitely in a way better position than the fucking Sabres are. Moving on to the Metropolitan here, folks. At the top of the Metropolitan, four points behind the Boston Bruins for overall in the league. Uh, New York Rangers, first place in the Metro, 67 points. Carolina Hurricanes, two less games played, sitting at 61 points. Philadelphia Flyers, I would say the story of the Metropolitan this year, Robbie. 51 games, 58 points, sitting third place comfortably in the playoffs right now. Shocking. Shocking. Very shocking. And I saw, I saw their, I believe it was their general manager, correct? That like wrote back a, a letter to a fan that was like, "Thank you, essentially, like thank you for doing a good job and all that shit." Did you see that at all? I didn't see it, to be honest with you, but uh, I, I mean, it would make sense. It would make I, sense. Because they would find that on Twitter. Uh, in fourth place, we have the New York Islanders at fifty-four points, kind of surging, kind of surging. You know, actually, Robbie, the next team on this list is the one that is surging as of recent, and that is the Pittsburgh Penguins. Led by the GOAT, Sidney Crosby. Shut 47 games played. Up. They are one point out of fourth place. 
And Robbie, this team has really turned it around this uh, the second half of the season so far. They are on fire, looking like a playoff team. Not so much looking like a playoff team right now, but put, could possibly start looking like one once they get Jack Hughes back. The story of last year, the New Jersey Devils, 53 points tied with the Penguins, but a game in hand, so they are sitting behind them. This year, it's insane. And rounding it off, Washington Capitals in seventh and the Columbus Blue Jackets in eighth. Yeah. Moving on to the West, Robbie. Uh, in my opinion, this has been the most exciting conference of hockey so far this year. The Central Division leading the way. Colorado Avalanche at 69 points, I believe that is, or 68. 68. Hit them and Dallas tied at 68. Yeah. Dallas, Colorado, both 51 games apiece, tied at 68 points here. Colorado getting the edge because they have one more win than the Dallas Stars. In third place with 65 points, three games in hand. So Winnipeg could be the jumper here. They have the best winning percentage uh, in the Central Division. Yeah, they're, they're three Jets. games less than the Stars and the Avs. They'll definitely pass them, I think. St. Louis Blues right behind Winnipeg. Well, not right behind. They are nine points behind Winnipeg. Eleven points, rather, behind Winnipeg. Uh, St. Louis Blues, 54 points in 49 games. Nashville Predators, 51 games played, 54 points tied with the Blues. Arizona Coyotes after Nashville, 48 games played, 49 points tied with them with 50 games played. One more game played is the Minnesota Wild, in my opinion, one of the most disappointed teams in the NHL this season. Yep. And in last place, the Connor Bedard lists. Chicago Blackhawks. Hey, not for nothing, Zach. We should give the Coyotes a little bit of credit. I know they're down there in the standings, but for the most part of the season, they were hanging around for a while, no? The Coyotes right now, Robbie, are one game above 500. They, I mean, it, they're they're not a bad team if you think about it. Yeah. I mean, they're... The team they have on paper, they're doing fantastic. I guess that's one way we can say it. That's fair. Okay. Uh, and the last division here, Robbie, the Pacific. Another very exciting division this year, especially with the resurgence of the Edmonton Oilers. Leading the way in the entire NHL this season, the number one ranked team, Vancouver Canucks, 73 points in 50 yeah. games. Right behind them with 51 games played is the Vegas Golden Knights, and I believe that is 66, Robbie. Correct. Edmonton Oilers, third place. Complete turnaround for them. 46 games played there at 59 points. Uh, by the end of the season, I could see Edmonton being in that second slot. Yeah. Behind them, yeah. the Los Angeles Kings, who had such a hot start and have just plummeted through the floor 55 56 points in 48 games played Seattle Kraken 50 games played 52 points on the board right behind them at the same 50 games played a team that just traded away Elias Lindholm to a division rival in Vancouver the Calgary Canucks Calgary Canucks the Calgary Flames at 51 points classic and then the massive drop-off happens here 50 games played Anaheim Mighty Ducks sitting at 38 points and the worst team in the league well, not the worst team to leave, but one of the worst. San Jose Sharks, 51 games played, 33 points. Well done, Zach. Well fucking done. And scene. Proud of you, buddy. That was very good. Um, <laughs> they still have the Shohei Otani tracker in MLB. We're going to get into MLB here, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's getting a little bit of MLB, and then we will finish off with, obviously, the Super Bowl picks, which I'm yes, going to share with right now. And we'll try to get some people in here as we approach our near- Super Bowl picks. And while you do that, Robbie, I will start us off here, sir. Sounds good. One of the names we were talking about in the MLB on Monday night's episode, Robbie, was Mr. Clayton Kershaw. We were wondering what was going to happen with him. Why have the Dodgers not resigned him? We assumed he would go back to the Dodgers. And Robert, 
our assumptions have been proven correct. Yep, didn't take long. Well, actually, I lied to you. It took a long time. Yes. Uh, 36 years old. Um, he's not going to be able to start the season. I believe he had uh, shoulder surgery, if I'm not mistaken. So he'll start at some point in the middle of the season. But he'll join Tyler Glasnow, uh, Yamamoto, Walker Bueller, James Paxton, Bobby Miller. Um, if they get uh, Dustin May back and at some point Shohei Otani. So at some point, they probably will move on from Clayton Kershaw. This might actually be his last year, if you really think about it. But uh, one more year at the Dodgers, and let's see where it could get them. I thought it was three years. Is it three years? I thought it was a one-year deal. I think it's a three-year deal. Shut up, you're a fucking liar. Hold on, dude. Yeah, because I got the article loaded up here. I don't see anything about a three-year deal. Yeah, I don't see anything about that. Oh, dude, my bad, man. Yep. Nice. Yep. Well, he's, got a, he's got a player option. Nice shot, idiot. I'm just kidding. No, I, don't, I don't like your tone. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm doing the Marcus to you. I'm kidding. But, Robbie, <laughs> what we had expected has occurred. Clayton Kershaw making the return uh, and finalizing that starting five for the Los Angeles Dodgers. I mean, they have some – they probably have about six or seven guys they could throw in this rotation, so it'll be kind of curious to see which route they go, but – He'll be in there. Oh, if anybody's going to get, like, the, the odd out, is probably going to be James Paxton. Sorry, Paxter. And that's that. And, Robbie, another guy re-signing with his old team, although this guy did not need free agency for it. Jose Alchuve. Jose Alchuve from the Houston Astros. Sticking with him. Five years, $125 million contract. Extension for Mr. Altuve. Robbie Altuve holds a special place in Robbie's heart. He loves him. I want to hear what you have to say about this one, Robbie. Fuck that midget. Fuck you, Altuve. Okay. Uh, we call him little people or dwarfs. Nope, he's a midget. Fuck Altuve. Pussy. When they build the statue for Jose Altuve, like fucking cock-sucking Ben Verlander, wants, bah, bah, bah. Uh, there should be a trash can next to it because uh, he's trash. He's a cheater. And then, and then, huh. and then at huh. some random point during October when, you know, they're in the playoffs for cheating, put a buzzer right there so he can see what pitch is coming or at least know. Fucking cheater! Yeah, you cheating not, cuck. Do not take my jersey off. I have an embarrassing. I have embarrassing tattoo. Do not take off. Fuck you, bitch. And there you have it. Robbie's not a big fan of Altuve. Um, but uh, I guess I'll say a little bit about this. Not really much. Not not nothing out of the ordinary with what happened here. Obviously, Altuve, in my opinion, is going to end his career as an Astro. Rob, Rob, Rob. Robbie and Bob, both are not Altuve guys. We have Robbie's father, Bob, in the comments saying, Altuve, I hope he breaks his kneecap. Uh, that's a special message from Bob Clark Jr. But yes, Altuve sticking around in Houston. Another man sticking around with his team for at least one more season. Robbie, we talked about him last episode. It is my Vlad Guerrero Jr., arbitration awarded him 19.9 million dollars for next season still no long-term deal in place for vlad no long-term deal in place for Bo. what the fuck are the blue jays doing all these other teams are locking up their young guys for these big monster deals and the blue jays time is ticking so let's see what happens but at least he's around for one more season robbie and hopefully yeah. this is the season he can regain his form well, I mean, you're really going to need him regain his form, Zachary. 
You got that right. Last year, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. absolutely sucked. Yeah, and he wasn't very good last year. Crazy that the, the the son of a bitch got a fucking uh, uh, cover of MLB The Show for as shitty as he was, huh? You know, Robbie, I don't know why you had to be like that, okay? I'm not trying to be a negative Nancy, but it's the truth. He was very bad last year for his standards. He's a popular player, and that's why he's on the cover. All right? What's so popular about him? Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. You know, Zach, I want to get a little bit of a head start because I thought maybe him and uh, Bo Bichette were free agents next year, which they are not. There are a lot of big names out here that are free agents after the conclusion of next year. Huzzah. Well, let's start a catcher. We got Travis Darnold from the uh, from the motherfucking uh, Atlanta Braves. Danny Jansen, someone close to your heart. Uh, yep. That's it, essentially, for catcher. First baseman, you got Paul Goldschmidt, Pete Alonzo, Reese Hoskins, obviously. Anthony Rizzo, the Yankees have the option on that to bring him back um, if they'd like to. Uh, second base, Glaber Torres. Brandon Lowe, which is a uh, Tampa Bay Rays option. Ha Song Kim. Um that's and uh, Jorge Polanco. So the Mariners made that trade, but it's a one-year deal essentially. Uh, third base, Alex Bregman, Justin Turner, obviously, and that's just about it right there. Shortstop, the biggest name out here is William Adams. Here we go, the outfielders: Juan Soto, Alex Verdugo, Michael Conforto, Tyler O'Neill, Jock Peterson, Lurius Gurriel Jr. Already, uh, Teoscar Hernandez, Aaron Hicks, Andrew McCutcheon, Kevin Kiermeyer, Harrison Bader. Mitch Hanniga, uh, Charlie Blackman, Jason Hayward, DHs, Eloy, Marcelo Zuna, Vogelback, and pitching. Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, who are both old as dirt. Uh, Corbin Burns, Zach Wheeler, Max Freed, Shane Bieber, Nathan Avaldi, Robbie Ray, Charlie Morton, Lucas Giolito, Frankie Montaz, Luis Severino, Lance Lynn, uh, Domingo Herman is still a free agent, I'm pretty sure. Patrick Corbin, the Nationals will finally get out of that shitty contract. And that's it, Zachary. A lot of fucking names, Robert. A lot of names for next year. Or the conclusion of this year heading into next year, essentially. God damn. God damn. Well, um, we have one little, one little piece of MLB news, Rob, before we can move on to our much-anticipated Super Bowl preview. And that is ex-New York Yankee Gary Sanchez joining up with the Milwaukee Brewers on a one-year $7 million contract. You know what Gary Sanchez is like, Rob. What, what can the Brewers fans expect from uh, from old Gary? Terrible defense and hitter strikeout. There you go, guys. Not a very good signing in Robbie's eyes for you. Not a no, good signing at all. That because you know what? At one point, I think... Zach, you knew who fucking Gary Sanchez was at one point. Gary Sanchez was a scary fucking. I mean, the, the name when John Sterling said that Gary is scary, he was scary for a good period of time. All right. Um, I'm gonna look at his numbers from last year. So last year, Gary Sanchez in San Diego, he had three games with the Mets, and then he had 72 with San Diego. Combined, he had 19 home runs, 47 RBIs, a 217 average, a 780 OPS. But Gary Sanchez at his very best was either 2017 or 2019. More, more likely 2017. Now I'm looking at his 2019 numbers. 2017, he had a 278 batting average, a .876 OPS with 33 home runs and 90 RBIs. And he, he, he Gary Sanchez just isn't what we all thought he was going to be, unfortunately. Unfortunately not, but maybe this is his last little chance here. 
as Milwaukee. Yeah, I, I see Milwaukee basically just like bringing all these veteran guys that have something to prove. So maybe they're going to be one of those teams where like, go prove yourselves. But the problem is, let's not forget, Craig Council left there. So they got a new manager. We'll see how it goes. Zach, I, I have something here about uh, the Oakland A's. Hit me with it, sister. Okay, so we all know that the plan is for ownership to move the A's to Vegas. Um, Vegas's mayor basically came out and said that they should find a way to stay in Oakland. Oakland doesn't have much left to look forward to. The fans are very passionate, and I would advise them to do so. And here's the thing with Mara Manfred, quote, Manfred, quote, disappointed if A's stadium not open by 2028. Here's a direct quote from uh, Rob Manfred, quote, I would be disappointed if we didn't open that stadium opening day 2028, Manfred said from the owners' meetings. In terms of interim home for 2025, 2020, uh, 2020, I'm comfortable with where they are in the process. It's not like we don't know where they'll be in 2024. Doing a good job of exploring them and finding the best possible opportunity. Now, the lease for the Oakland Coliseum expires after the season, so the team and the league have been exploring places to play until their stadium in Las Vegas is complete. Quote, they're looking at all their revenue streams and figure out where they can max out those streams, Manfred said, adding it that it'll be in the West. So um, essentially here, Zachary, there's a little bit of a dilemma going on with trying to get them in Vegas. Uh-oh. I mean, I'm sure it'll all get figured out. It's, it's a speed bump in the road of process, my friend. I agree, but it sucks to know that they're going to be leaving. Well, at least we'll finally have some fucking fans in the stadium. Well, you saw what they did last year, dude. They nearly filled out the stadium in a protest. Do you blame them? Zach, if if the Blue Jays weren't spending money for 25 years, essentially, you think you would still be a fan of the Blue Jays? No, probably not. No, probably not. Because you're giving your team a shitload of money by going to these games, yet it's not getting spent towards the team. It's not getting reciprocated back back in a direct. All right, is there anything else we got for baseball here? That was it for baseball, my friend. Will Zachary. It is the moment. It is the moment that not only you have been waiting for, but our fans have been waiting for. And Zachary, I think I might be able to give us the sound. Shit. Don't get too excited because it's loading right now. So it's taking a while. So we're going to go with a lot of dead air, dead air. Tell me if you hear this, Zachary. For the love of God, please work. I don't hear it. Well, I tried. Actually, I might succeed. Nope. All right, Zachary. Uh, I failed. I'm a fucking failure. I'm a fucking loser. And I just probably shouldn't. Honestly, I think it's time for me to just give up a podcast, dude. Honestly. Well, you know, you tried your best. Well, wait. I think I figured it out. Did that might have happened? Yeah, do that again. Whatever you just did there. (laughs) Oh. And that's it. We <laughs> fucking figured it out. <laughs> fucking fucking Zachary, the time has come. As you re-plug in your mic because you were so amped up 
that it unplugged. I will fill in the void until we hear your beautiful voice. We don't hear a goddamn thing you are saying because you are muted. I will fix that for you. Boom. Boom. Can't mute unless you're guests because they choose to. You mute yourself, you fucking idiot. <laughs> da -na -da -na -na. Oh, that is not coming through your microphone. Oh, son of a fuck. <laughs> Settings. <laughs> Audio. Yeah, what a catastrophic coming. moment here. Okay, hold on. Is it this one? Hello. Okay, we're going to restart this one last time. Okay. Get it, am, I, am I there? You are there. Let's okay. get one more time. Yeah. From the start. And then I need that Zach Rowan energy. Are you ready? Yeah. Three hours later. That is right. Mother fuckers. If you guys are not straight American or Canadian men and you guys aren't hard as a rock yeah. for Sunday Super Bowl, then you might be gay. That's yeah. the way I look at it here because we have two juggernauts between the Kansas City Chiefs representing the AFC and the San Francisco 49ers representing the NFC in a battle royale that I believe is taking, uh, taking place in Las Vegas. Las Vegas, Nevada! We have ourselves a game and a half here, Robbie. I am fired up. I am fired up. I'm having a potluck at the crib on Sunday. Run. Eating a lot of food. Run. Drinking a lot of beer. Run. Smoking a lot of dope. Run. And finger blasting some fucking... Not pussy, some finger sandwiches. What? 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 You see, Rob, what I'm saying? What? I'm very excited for Sunday. Yes, it is the final game of the football season, but as I said earlier, it is the most exciting one. Uh, somehow, Patrick Mahomes and this Kansas City Chiefs team find themselves in this game again. Um, we said from the beginning of this season with the offense roster that they had constructed this year, besides Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, it was very, very, as the kids would say, mid but yet they have found a way to do it robbie they've got into the big dance uh and they have no easy opponent at the other side the san francisco 49ers been one of the top teams all season a super bowl favorite from the moment the kickoff started or kickoff happened to start this illustrious nfl season robbie this is the episode we're supposed to do our picks. And I can honestly tell you here, it's 7.48 p.m. on February 8th, three days before the Super Bowl. I don't have a fucking clue who I'm going to pick. You know, Zach, there's a lot of times, honestly, in this show, we don't debate much because we agree on a lot of things. It's very weird. But uh, we're in a catastrophic moment right now because I don't know who I'm taking either. All right. All right. I'm just going to go with the gut. I'm going to go with the heart. Here we go. Zachary, I want you to build the suspense first. Don't just like go right into it. Give us some elaborate details. Give now, when you, when you look at these two teams, you have to look at it. Thank you, Dad. Thanks, Bobby. You have to look at it at two ways, Robbie. You have to look at it as young and exciting. And then you have to look at it as experienced 
and also still very exciting. Now we compare the offenses. San Francisco 49ers offense. I mean, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Christian McCaffrey, Brock Purdy doing his little inside slam passes, but he'll get 360 yards and four touchdowns. What? Uh, Stacking up offensively, you're going to have to give the benefit of the doubt to, you're going to have to give the edge, sorry, to the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, the offense for the Kansas City Chiefs, besides Travis Kelsey looking like prime Travis Kelsey these last couple weeks, and Patrick Mahomes being the greatest quarterback throwing a football right now, they don't really have much going for them. They have a couple young weapons that have kind of stepped up into big roles this season, but on paper, doesn't really stack up that nicely. Defenses, this Kansas City Chiefs team, this defense on Kansas City is legit. Yeah. Uh, run by Chris I Jones. I, I mean, it is. And another we should point out, Chris Jones said this very well could be his last game playing in a Kansas City Chiefs uniform, so we have to keep that in mind as well. A legend. San Francisco defense, it's no fucking laughing matter either. No. The one thing I will say that actually might hurt San Francisco in this game, Robbie, yep. is if they play one of their newly traded members here. Why am I drawing a blank on his name? Chase Young. Chase Young, yes. Chase Young has looked terrible since he's joined the San Francisco 49ers. Absolutely terrible. Missing tackles yep. left, right, and center. I believe there was actually a conversation where he might be getting sat for the Super Bowl because of him taking off so many plays. That torn we'll ACL see what happens really with that. fucked you up, man. And that torn ACL, ever since he suffered it, he hasn't been the same player that they uh, saw from, I think, he went to the Ohio State. And to finish off my, my pick here, Robbie, mm-hmm. Kansas City Chiefs defeated the San Francisco 49ers not three, four years ago to win a Super Bowl. One pass away from Jimmy G, who will ever know. And Robbie, I think they're going to do it Again, I'm taking the Kansas City Chiefs to beat the San Francisco 49ers in this Sunday Super Bowl. You heard it there first. Zachary Roden has said the Kansas City Chiefs will win and eliminate the 49ers. I'm so glad I figured this out, by the way. I was going to say, fucking you have really figured it out, huh? All right. Well, Zachary, you gave such an elaborate description for your reason. It is my turn. Yep. It is February 8th of 2024. This year, in 2023 and 2024, everybody and their mother has counted out the Kansas City Chiefs. They got laughed at. Mahomes got mocked. Kelsey doesn't have it anymore. The defense is mid. Andy Reid doesn't got it like he once did. Meanwhile, there was only a three-week period of time where we were really questioning this Francisco 49. You disgusting motherfucking cum dumpster. Are you? Yeah. (laughs) Are you shitting me? Are you shitting me? What? It's a little toot for the boys. I'm a dumbass. That's you. Hey, yo. You fucking dirty bitch. All right. Dad, you might want to have to send Zach some bits for some toilet paper. It might be a shit stain or two. Down. I had to shit my pants. Big Zach just pooped. Good. You deserve it. All right. So, everything I was listening off there before I was really far interrupted. I mean, interrupted. Piece of shit. 
Everyone gave up on the Chiefs. There was a three-week period of time where we gave up on the Niners, and what was the one thing that they didn't have that I've said is their biggest difference maker there? Look at that. Dad sent you bets. <laughs> Thanks, <fucking> Bob. <laughs> All right. Um, anyways, Debo Samuel was out for those three weeks, and we saw the impact when he ended up missing most of that NFC Championship game. Debo Samuel is an X factor. So, or are they going to focus on more stopping McCaffrey or stopping Debo? If you ask me, you want to stop Debo before McCaffrey. Now, here we go. Like you said, offensively, Mahomes better than Purdy. No questions asked. Christian McCaffrey better than Pacheco. No questions asked. Kelsey versus Kittle. In terms of receiving and catching, I'm going to give the nod to Kelsey. In terms of blocking and being an overall tight end. 100% Kittle. Kittle. But Kelsey will have a bigger impact than Kittle. Receiving-wise, Ayuk and Debo way better than Rice and Valdez-Scantling or Kadarius, Tony, whatever route they go. Defensively, the Chiefs defense has been better. Much better. Okay? Yep. Now, let's not overlook this because I know it's not the NFL, but Michigan was so close of not even making it to the national championship game because of special teams. Both teams are going to have to be perfect on special teams. Okay. Kyle Shanahan versus Andy Reid. Zachary. Yep. Super Bowl Sunday. Live. Uh-oh. Sunday night, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time from Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, Nevada. The rematch of Kyle Shanahan and Andy Reid. This time, no Jimmy G, no Trey Lance. Brock. Brock! Party versus Patrick Mahomes. I, Robbie Clark, have made the decision. Oh, no. You don't bet against Patrick Mahomes. Kansas City Chiefs will take down the San Francisco 49ers. I knew it. And it's like, you know, I really would like to uh, to bet against them, Robbie, but we've learned our lesson. No, no, no. no. Not me. Not Not, not we. You've learned your lesson. I've been going with the Chiefs all the way in this. Oh, uh, why don't you pull their dicks out of your mouth? Well, I was wrong. I'm Zach Rowan. Well, the fact of the matter is, is Zach and I agree on one thing, and that is this Sunday, the San Francisco 49ers will be eliminated. Sorry, John Raymond. Yeah, it's, you know what, Robbie? I think we have a great game in store. I think we have a great game in store here, Robbie. Yeah, motherfucker. Oh. Zach, oh my God. There's no chance. We have a special guest making his pick for the Super Bowl. Here we go. LeBron, who are you taking? Oh my fucking dude. Yeah! <laughs> You're such a meathead. Uh, but, Robbie, that right there. Okay. We got our Super Bowl picks in here. We're both going with the Kansas City Chiefs. Give me uh, a final Robbie, score. What do you think the final score is looking like here? The final score for this Super Bowl will be the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> 31-28. Well, that took you a while. All right. I, I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs, obviously, as well. I'm going to go 27-24. And one thing I want to check before we uh, log off here, I want to see some of those uh, 
random fucking things I have. Like I saw somewhere it's like it's a minus two fifty to a plus one ninety, plus one ninety being yes, minus two fifty being no. If Travis Kelsey is going to propose to fucking uh, God. Taylor Swift, this is one of the reasons too. Like when I see shit like this, I'm like, is this fucking league scripted? Because he, it's like, why is that even a, a fucking? Why is it even on a betting website, dude? You know. No, I hear you. All right, let's see what the national anthem over under is. Anthem. Shemai, me actually. I'm gonna have to uh, do some of these. Okay, so the odds: ninety and a half seconds. And who the hell is singing the national anthem? Reba McIntyre, dude. I might go with the fucking over. Uh, no, 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 no. You don't do the over. You know why? Because she's a country artist. So I think it's gonna be under ninety and a half seconds, Zachary. Under a minute and a half? Under a minute and a half. I can see that being under. I don't really know too much about her myself, but I can see that being under. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to do my research. I'm going to look up some YouTube videos because there's no doubt she's saying the National Anthem in the past, and I'm timing every single one. Oh. And I will let you know. But, Zachary. What up? Yes, go on. I have one more question. Before we uh, before we end this episode off, I do have a question for you. I have an answer. Bill Belichick still looking for a team. Mike Vrabel still looking for a team. What what the fuck is going on here, Robbie? Uh, Bill Belichick's going to join Fox. Vrabel, I don't know what's going to happen there. Nick Saban's joined ESPN with uh, College Game Day. And, uh, yeah, Belichick and Vrabel will probably wait for the perfect opportunity. So when Dallas finishes 12-5 and and gets all their fans' hopes up and then they lose because that's what they're known for doing for some sort of reason, they give their fans all these expectations, and then they lose in the first or second round, Belichick or Vrabel will probably get a phone call from them. How about them, Cowboys? And then maybe they won't suck big fat cock for once in their lives. How about them, Cowboys? That's right. It's the biggest piece of dog shit. That's right. All right, Zachary. Well, that's it. The NFL season is going to end this Sunday. And on Monday, we will recap the Super Bowl. We will recap the season. The time has come. Brown still suck ass, says my father. All right, Bob, go cheer for your fucking cowgirls and your pathetic loser of a squad and your fairy quarterback and your fucking just your gay team. Your team's gay. Your team's <laughs> fucking gay, dude. Well, that wasn't very nice. All right, well, folks. Time for us to go. Super Bowl Sunday. Be safe. Don't do anything retarded. Don't get yourself in danger. Be safe. Have a fun time, whether you're at home or with your friends. Have a fun time. Be safe. Enjoy the games. Enjoy the commercial. And try to enjoy the halftime show. Zach, I'm I'm, I'm hoping Usher can prove me wrong. I don't think it's going to be good. Yeah, yeah. That's the only song I think that's like really going to do anything good unless, oh, my God, God. I did it again. Oh, the beat. beat drop. Yes. All right, Zach. It's time. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being a part of the Sports Cave 2023-2024 NFL season. Our last Thursday show until September. Greatly appreciate it, folks. And until then, we'll see you cocksuckers on Monday. Zachary, close this out. That's right, folks. You guys are a bunch of dirty cocksuckers indeed. Just kidding. We love you and we appreciate all the support we get. Enjoy your uh, excuse me, your Super Bowl festivities. And for the first time in my life, I will say go Chiefs go. And with that, folks, 
There is only one thing left to say for this super sexy edition of the Sports Cave on the final Thursday of the football season, and that is stay sexy, Sports Cave.